Good morning, everyone. I'm glad you could join us today. It's been my honor and privilege to be a pastor on staff at Hill City. Even though we are living in unprecedented times, the church of God cannot be restrained because you and I are the church. We are in this together. You're not alone. So if you're going through something that's bothering you, that's hard to handle, or just need someone to talk, please call us. Call me. We'll be there for you. Don't go through this alone. We are in this together. We are doing the candidate series, and today's topic is I am the vine. Just on a side note, I'm from India, as you know. I have a problem with V and W pronunciation. So sometimes I might say vine, wine. Please bear with me. So let's pray. Dear God, I thank you, Lord, for this word. Your word is very important to us because it teaches us things that you want us to do. It leads us into paths of righteousness. It feeds our spirit. It is like manna from heaven. So God, even as I share this word and everyone that's listening, I pray, Father, you would speak to them what they need to hear. We come at this time in Jesus' name, and everybody says, Amen. Let's open our Bibles to John chapter 15, verse 1 onwards. I'm reading from the NASB version. Here in this scripture, Jesus is using a metaphor of wine and branches. And he's trying to explain our relationship with him and with God and the purpose of our lives. So let me just read from verse one onwards. And I'm just gonna read it first, and then I'm gonna go into explaining what the word of God says. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I in you, just as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, but must remain in the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown away like a branch and dries up and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, 
Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples, just as the Father has loved me, or I also have loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and remain in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. When we read this passage, we can sum it up into seven points. Point number one, God, the Father, is the gardener. Point number two, Jesus is the vine, the source of our life and purpose. Many people ask, what's my purpose? My purpose is to be a fruitful branch. I'll get into explaining that more. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I would encourage you to call him and invite him into your heart. When you have a relationship with him, your life is going to have a purpose. Point number three, you and I are the branches. The sole purpose of our lives is that we bear fruit, a fruit that will last. So what is this fruit? Let's open the Bible to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. That's the fruitful life that God wants you to live. The life that you were designed for. A life where there is no worries and anxieties. There is no fear. There is no addiction. You have self-control. You have joy. You have peace. That's the life God wants us to live. You may say, how is that possible? Well, it is possible if you are abiding in the vine. It is possible, not on your own strength, but by the grace that God provides. And we'll get into that. So our purpose is to exhibit the very character of God and to enjoy the process of growing into it. When we exhibit the fruit of the Spirit, in increasing measure, the people that come into contact with us will, will be able to taste and see that the Lord is good. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to 11, Now for this very reason, applying all diligence, in your faith supply moral excellence. In your moral excellence, knowledge. In your knowledge, self-control. 
in your self-control, perseverance, in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, see, we are not perfect, but we are work in progress. So the level of patience I have now is greater than the level of patience I had five years ago. And the level of patience I'm going to have five years from now has to be greater than what I have now. The same thing goes for love. Same thing goes for godliness. The same thing goes for loving kindness. We need to keep growing. The word of God says, if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they will render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The thing is, as we grow in the knowledge of our God, the degree to which we grow is the degree to which we surrender. To the degree you surrender is the degree you grow into the character of Christ. The more you grow into the character of Christ, the more you get to know him. The purpose of your life is to know him. And the pathway to achieving that purpose is you obey him and grow in his character. So you and I have this life as an opportunity to get to know God. Many people look at the word obedience and it looks like very heavy. It's not. Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And the joy comes when we obey him. Let's continue reading this. For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten the purification from his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, for in this way, the entrance to the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied to you. So you and I have the opportunity as the branch of the vine to bear fruit. Now, if we bear fruit, and if that fruit is not abundant and great, Bible says the gardener will trim us. Now, trimming is not fun. Disciplining is not fun. But you cannot have a disciple without a disciplined life. None of us liked discipline. But we are where we are because we lived disciplined lives in those spheres of life. So he wants us to grow in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's our purpose. But he knows we can't do it on our own. We need a helper. And that helper is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is given to you and me 
to help us live the life God intended us to live. We cannot live the life God wants us to live on our own strength. We will need his power. And that power the Bible calls grace. Grace is the power God has given you to do his will. So you may ask me, Vivek, how do I get this grace? It has only two requirements. Let me share that with you. The requirements for the grace of God is humility and desire to do his will. How can I be humble? Someone may ask. All you need to do is acknowledge you are weak. There are two things that humility, that defines humility, the acknowledgement of your weakness and the dependence on God to overcome it. Many people acknowledge their weakness, but not many depend on God to overcome it. If you have these two, God's going to give you grace. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, Paul was going through a struggle, which he calls the thorn in the flesh. And he prays to God that this thorn would be taken away. This problem would be taken away. And God said to him, my grace is sufficient for my power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, Paul says, therefore, I will boast in my weakness about my weakness so that the power of Christ might dwell in me. James chapter 4, verse 6, talks about grace. It says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God will give you grace. The Bible says, God won't let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but with every temptation, provide a way out. See, you are not alone. The thing that God wants you to do, he will provide you the grace as long as you're humble. Humility is the currency of heaven. Humility is the culture of heaven. See, Jesus exhibited that. He humbled himself, took on the very nature of a servant, became obedient to the death on the cross. And guess what he was full of? He was full of grace. He was full of the power of God. If the Son of God did not do life without the power of God, who are we? You are not alone. We are in this together. I need God's grace. I can't do anything without him. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. In the culture where we live, we have been taught that God loves you no matter what. God's love is unconditional. I would like to share with you that that's not Bible. God has made if and then statements. And if and then statements are conditional. And I'd like to read some of them to you. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 13 to 14, 
Greater love has no one than this, that a person will lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you to. Does God love you? Absolutely, he loves you. But your relationship with God is dependent on your participation in that relationship. Does God want everyone on this planet to be saved? Absolutely. He desires that no one should perish. Yet, are everyone going to be saved? No, because the way is narrow. The way to heaven is narrow. So when we look at our relationship with God as the vine and the branches, the branches can only bear fruit to the extent they allow the sap of the vine to flow through them. The sap is the life of God flowing through them. So our obedience to the truth opens up our being to, to, to God. And we, when we participate in our obedience to God, we are letting that sap flow through us. The branch cannot bear its fruit on its own. You cannot do this life on your own. You will always need God and his grace. Our God is a loving God. He's a very patient God, very merciful God. But there's one thing about our God is that he respects your free will and choice. He will not circumvent your free will and choice. And it's your choice in him that you are saved. And it's your choice in him that keeps you abiding. Isaiah 42 verse 3 says, a bruised reed he will not break. A dimly burning wick. See, I did it again. Wick. He will not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice. So you got to understand that the word of God needs to be taken in its complete counsel. If you take part of it without considering the whole of it, we could end up in error. So yes, God is loving. God is so loving that he gave his only begotten son. Yet the same God is going to start judging his own people. And in his judgment, his mercy, his mercy, yes, his mercy does triumph his judgment, but his judgment needs to be satisfied. So when you look at God, God loves people. I have no doubt about that. But at the same time, he cares for your well-being. See, the branch is designed to bear fruit. The branch is designed to bear fruit and fruit that will last. But if the branch chooses not to bear fruit, it will eventually wither and fall off. I hope I'm making myself clear that God loves us, but he cannot compel us to live a fruitful life. He cannot make us live a fruitful life. So 
our fruitfulness and our abiding in him is up to us. Now, when you look at the summary of this message that I am talking about, God is the gardener. Number one. Number two, Jesus is the vine, the source of our life. We cannot live without him. We're not called to. You and I are the branches. The sole purpose of our lives is to bear fruit. Now understand, in bearing fruit, you become more like him. In becoming more like him, you get to know him. Branches cannot bear fruit on their own. That's why God gave us the Holy Spirit and the Word. Abiding in the vine is not an option. It's a must. It's like breathing. Breathing is a must. If we, don't, if we stop breathing, we die. If we don't abide in the vine, we will dry up and fall off. Does God want us to fall off? No. God wants us to thrive. God wants us to thrive because in thriving is his joy. But if we don't thrive, if we don't let the sap go through us, we will wither off. And there is a real possibility that the Bible talks about of falling away. Do we need to be afraid of that? No. Not if we are doing our part of abiding in the vine. So, what are the action steps we need to take? How can we abide in the vine? To abide in the vine, Jesus talks about, you obey my commandments. You keep my commandments and you'll abide in the Bible. Now, there is a possibility to view this very legally, legalistically. Oh, I better abide or I'll fall away. Falling away and withering is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. And you, are, you and I are not perfect. We are going to do mistakes. But the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sins. So we're not talking about legalism and works here. We are talking about life and living it fullest in God. So what are the action steps? You read and study the word. You learn and understand it and you apply it. As you apply it, now you cannot apply it on your own. So you got to be humble and depend on God. So action step number two, be humble and accept the word of God and obey it by the power God gives you. Point number three, keep growing. Keep growing. You know, when you are running a race, you keep your eyes focused on the finish line and you run. What happens if you stumble and fall? You get up and you run. As long as you are heading towards the goal, as long as you are heading towards the finish line, you are not perfect, neither am I. We are making progress. We are work in progress. So I want you to be careful when you hear this word. 
Hear it with the grace God gives you. We're not talking about legalism and works. We are talking about the effort to pursue God. Make sure you keep growing. Make sure you make lifestyle choices that don't take you backwards, but throw you forwards. How do you make those choices? If you know certain ways are sinful, don't go there. Bible says flee from sin. Because sin has the tendency to entangle us and pull us backwards. Encourage one another. Action step number four. When you see someone, encourage them. Tell them to pursue God. If somebody, if your brother has fallen, pick him up, lift him up. Say, you know what? God forgives. Move on. You got to keep encouraging one another to pursue God. That's what church is all about. Do not stop assembling, but encourage one another in the ways of God. So action step number four, encourage one another in the ways of God. So be the branch, bear the fruit. Know that you are at the right place. God so loved you that he not only died for your sins, but called you to him. Now pursue him with all your heart. The Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. As you ponder on this word, I want you to ponder on the importance of bearing fruit. As you bear fruit, you will notice that you will have the satisfaction and the joy of living for God. Hope you have a wonderful day and have a great week ahead. Thanks for listening. We would love to hear how you have been impacted by this message. You can contact us at info at hillcity.ca or simply find us on Facebook and Instagram.